This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hi, Rubin. Hey, Suzanne. How you doing? Good. We're back from summer break. Oh, my God. It's I missed been you. so long. I feel like, I feel like it's the end of summer, and in fact, <laughs> it, it was the, the end, end of summer, summer yeah. right? You were I right. <laughs> I, I thought you were being metaphorical, but no, it's literally the end of summer break, and we're back in school here. We are, but I kind of like school. We had a long break. We mm-hmm. um, Brooke's show ran for like a month while we were like doing whatever we were doing. Did you have old favorites? Then? Did you, or hopefully our audience went back and listened I don't to know some what favorites. They were, doing. They, were <laughs> they were enjoying that conversation with Brooks, but I'm back, and I went. Um, I went to Burning Man. I know you actually led a photo workshop at Burning Man. I would love to hear more about that. Well, okay. The whole Burning Man thing. Well, let's back up. We got some house cleaning stuff to do. We do. Okay. So we're back cleaning. at Neo Modern. It's it's great to be here. It like is, it's nice to be back. It's like nice. being in your old classroom. It is. It's Sunday morning. It is beautiful here. It is gorgeous outside, and there's a lot of new. Um, there's actually some new new furniture in this yeah, place. Yeah, it's, it's, it's become a space that's not just the workspace, but yeah. it's like a comfy space now. Yeah. You know, when I used to live in Los Angeles, I had a place in the Hollywood Hills, and um, I love it, old Spanish place, and it was furnished. I, I loved furniture. It was my first house, and I loved getting furniture there. And um, the place that I got almost all my furniture was a place down sort of towards, it was not in Hollywood where I was, it was down towards the beach called HD Buttercup. And it was a big, I always liked going there because it was big and they had all kinds of cool stuff. And, um, you know, that was the place I went in Los Angeles, right? And it was so interesting to me. I moved to San Francisco, this is years later, and I was driving to Adobe when I worked at Adobe Mm -hmm. and I'm driving down Townsend and like there's an HD Buttercup. Yeah. And apparently there's two of them. It is a designer must stop. I mean, I have to tell you like just with a background in commercial interiors and interiors, like yes. So you know this place? It is legendary. It is fantastic. I mean, everything that they have from big pieces to like decor elements um, at all price points, it's actually really, it's phenomenal. I like like going there. I've been a long time fan. It's it's like Disneyland (laughs) for me. I walk around and there's like all kinds of, anyway, uh, we walked in there and, um, you know, they like Neo Modern, we like them, and we became partners. And they said, we can help you with more cool furniture and make comfy spaces. Okay. So that's and so that's fun. what you see is a lot of HD Buttercup stuff here. I love it. And there are furni- well, like one of our two furniture partners. Mm-hmm. Our others fully um, is made these workspaces. Mm-hmm. So we can have kind of crits over here and then we have the living room. Anyway, um, come yeah, on by. If you come by Neo Modern, great, yeah. we're in, I, I really want... You know, when I first built this thing, um, I was imagining taking my apartment and moving it down on Union Street. So I had all my photo stuff, and and but it was out where people could use it, yeah. right? And so I think the thing that's been missing for the past you know year is that it just wasn't enough of a living room. It wasn't a, a comfy enough space you go hang out, mm-hmm. um, and you could come here in the evenings after dinner or something, mm-hmm. and uh, just. With your, your with your partner. 
and just work. Well, you work on your pictures together. Exactly. Like that's it's a combination of a. It's not an errand you're running. It's something you can do. Like let's go deal with our pictures. And so now there's sort of comfy places where you can just sit with someone and go through your stuff and there's experts around to talk to. Anyway, it's much more in line with sort of the vision I always had of this stuff and yeah. I'm excited. So anyway, HD Buttercup, thank yeah. you guys for being our new friends. Um, let's see. Yes, and I'm back from Burning Man. Still, And this was your first time at Burning Man? Yes, it we, was. We'll try not to be too annoying where we're just talking about Burning Man for an entire episode, but I really do want to hear like this this photo workshop that you All right, well, let me... Let me I, I, all right. So, yes, it was my first burn. You're, you're uh, <clears throat> supposed to contribute stuff. It's a, a total free world of mm-hmm. peace and love, and you go and everywhere... Like, everywhere you go, people are giving you drinks and food and comfort. And it's not like something you experience in the world much anymore, maybe. Uh, I will say the other feeling that I had there, which is kind of, uh, I don't hear people talking about much. Uh, I mean, I was not just off my technology. I didn't bring my laptop or my phone. I was off the grid, Mm -hmm. right? So I had no, there's no internet there. Mm -hmm. So everybody's off the grid. Think of the last time you were in a world, a community where you walked around and hung out with people and everyone was off grid. For me, that was like 1990, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, that's the last time you could be in a group of people and no one was on grid. And so for a lot of people, it's just an, exp- and I thought it was going to be for me just this, oh, I'm off grid. But for me, it was like my youth. Yeah. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm 20 again, walking around and <laughs> seeing people and trying to make plans yeah. without having technology to uh, Meet mediate up with. that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty hard to make plans for most people. You're just wandering around. The other thing that was kind of unusual for me, it's hard to remember the last time I really felt lost. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got Google Maps and GPS in our yeah. phones and we walk around all the time and we have, we're scheduled and mapped and it's so easy to get around now. You don't even have to know anything. But to be in a place where every day you go out and you're looking for where you're going, you're trying to figure out how do I get to that workshop? How mm-hmm. do I um, do this thing? And there's a, I mean, a coordinate system for navigating sort of the city part of of the community black Mm -hmm. rock city is the city that's created but you're invariably lost all the time kind of trying to figure out how to get from a to b and i hadn't remembered kind of that feeling of um panic a little bit like oh my god yeah uh so that was fun is it is it exhausting i mean just because you have to sort of tap into this part of your mental energy that you maybe take for granted that you're not um i'll give you an example so I know I told you the story about me getting my dad hearing aids, yeah. you know, for his birthday. He was yeah. not happy with me. Um, but now he he really loves them and he's very appreciative. But one of the things he said to me, which I thought was so interesting, is he didn't realize how exhausting it was to hear everything once oh, yeah. he started hearing again. And so I wonder for you is, was it exhausting to sort of have to see everything and take in everything instead of being able to have your normal filters of okay, this is just guiding me here. I'm just going to listen to the phone. It says turn left in two blocks and I'm not actually taking in all the, you know, all the, the, the people and the storefronts and the communities or whatever. It is exhausting, but I, I mean, the whole thing is exhausting. You're, you're, you're <laughs> in the best way. It is. You're on your feet or on your bike all the time. Yeah. It's hot during the day and right. it's cool at night and, and you are navigating and you're, yeah, everything about it is exhausting. <laughs> But in a good way, right? 
Um, and you took I, I think beautiful pictures there. Oh, and you saw my pictures? I have, yeah. Would Some you, of them, if, not all of them, I'm sure, but I, they are the, stunning. The 14 or so pictures I put. Okay. So I went to Burning Man thinking, all right, I'm going to bring my camera. I'm going it, to, it's the, the dust is pernicious. Yeah. You know, it's just the worst. Now, from, from the outside, you just feel like I'm, it, there's no way to be clean and not dusty and mm-hmm. everything gets in everything. Mm-hmm. So you really need to be, to make a concerted effort to bring a nice camera to a place like this. So there, that's the first debate. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. Uh, I, I, the reason I have a camera is to use it and mm-hmm. I'm not going to not bring it to the playa. Yeah. But I, I thought I, it's like, it's a beautiful place. People are sexy doing weird stuff. This will be fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the minute I got there and I pulled my camera out, it was the first day and I go out on the playa, which is the big it's like a beachfront community with no ocean. <laughs> Everybody's on the, on the beach. The entire place is on the beach. And I pulled the camera out and instantly I felt different. The camera made me a spectator and not a participant. Mm. And, um, and sort of related to that was <clears throat> everybody there is, I mean, yes, they're all dressed. They're either naked or dressed comfortably in lingerie or whatever they're wearing or not much wearing. It, it's almost like a nudist colony. And you'd never bring a camera to a nudist colony. You'd feel like a creep, right? Mm-hmm. So as a, like a, a dude, an old dude showing up there where my normal thing of walking through the world is just wandering with my camera and seeing things. And, and, I, and I value that sort of candid observational like catching moments sort of photography you, it, it, it isn't the right venue for that people are um they've let their guard down they've, they've put their it, it's, it's a place of radical self-expression but that doesn't necessarily mean that you want to be photographed some people do <clears throat> and so there's this sort of permission culture you ask if you photograph but that's not the photograph i take i like candid stuff and it's not a candid place yeah and so within an hour, maybe my first hour of wandering around, I didn't want to be a guy with a camera at Burning Man. I just didn't. And the people who photograph it, especially the ones who do a great job, they have tripods. They have, <clears throat> they're totally okay with that culture of permission. The people who uh, frequently shoot Burning Man have reconciled these things, I think. They... Um, are very out about asking someone. They take portraits or they just take pictures of art and they set up their tripods. And and maybe they're younger than I am and they're okay doing it. But I was not comfortable doing it. And so I largely did not take pictures at Burning Man, Mm -hmm. even though that was almost the explicit reason I went. (laughs) Uh, I just didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to participate. So I did pull my camera out. My campmates, I had a fantastic camp, the Alationship. And we uh, would take pictures of you know together and of our of our group, and that's certainly okay. But wandering around Burning Man, uh, I did it um, usually at sunrises or sunsets, so my photos are all kind of golden hour. Every every picture looks like it's golden hour. Yeah. But the dust scatters the light beautifully, and if you you know know how to play with light, you are in a playground. Mm-hmm. And yes, there's like art, which looks great. And there's people that look great. And almost everything I do with people in it is going to be a silhouette. So you don't really make out who it is. 
and uh, yeah, the pictures came out unbelievable. I, I feel great about it. I, yeah, the pictures were stunning. I don't, they're not, I don't, you know, I don't even, I just gave them back to the community. Yeah. You know? And so this workshop that you Okay, did, you're gunning for this workshop. No, I'm uh, just, I, I think what's interesting and uh, I mean, it's just that you, that you did a workshop and people are like learning and also just the idea that it seems so much easier to kind of get people to on board of being like, yeah, we're going to do how to shoot nudes photo workshop. It seems like so many more people wouldn't have the hesitancy that maybe they would in the real world. Absolutely. And so I'm, I, my question was like, tell me about it. How many people were there walking through it? And then the follow-up will be, do you think that you, has it changed anything for you? So how would you want to lead a, like how to shoot nudes workshop well, perhaps in the city world? In the real world, the uh, default world, I default think it's world. called yeah, here. I'm not, I'm not sure the, what the terminology this should This is be. the default world. <laughs> um, well, so right, I've been shooting nudes for maybe five years. I've never had anyone watch me do that. Right, it's yeah. a really intimate, private kind of yeah. photographic session. So um, I was asked, like everyone who goes in our camp who needed to give a sort of a workshop as, mm -hmm. uh, of our, whatever we were, it was our expertise. And uh, yeah, I just said my workshop would be photographing your partner naked. I thought that would be a nice, easy one. Yeah. Uh, and so we're in a public, we're in the, um, in our camp in an, uh, an open area. We sort of just had it on a billboard outside. So people walking by knew about it and yeah, it was like a little more than a half dozen people kind of showed up. Some couples came, some individual people came. And um, almost a, one couple had a DSLR. Almost everyone had their their phone camera. And, and you know, um, I, I gave, you know, like a half hour talk about everything. The things that we talk about in the show. Yeah. Synecdoche yeah. and um, consent culture and safe spaces and all this stuff. But everyone was pretty game, and at some and there was uh, one woman who, it was so hot. It was at four in the afternoon, and uh, she was just getting out of the sun. Like she was walking down the street, or you know the the street there. And uh, we have a very inviting looking camp, and she came in and saw there was a group of us there, and just was like sitting and listening, having a glass of water, you know, a thing of water, listening to me talk. And at some point, I thought are you here for the workshop? And she's like, no, I'm just walking by. <laughs> and it was like, do you want to take off your clothes? <laughs> and, she, and she sort of thought about it for a second. I was like, sure, you know. So, uh, and then we had like a, a, another person who, uh, a guy who um, didn't have someone to shoot. Yeah. And so everyone kind of paired off in groups. I had someone there and I shot them. Everyone shot their person. And then I would walk around and, and, see what I would do given the situation, yeah. the way the, the, they, the model, the, you know, the sitter was kind of sitting mm -hmm. and I'd shoot a little bit and show them my pictures yeah. and they'd be like, Oh, look at that. And cool. so it was, it was really interesting. And I think everyone got a lot out of it. Yeah. And I, yes, because it was burning man, it was, people weren't uncomfortable to be naked in quite the way they are exactly with it, and certainly in a with a strange or strange photographer right. I mean, with your partner you don't have that problem but right. uh it was great i think i mean i've already gotten emails from people who were there and who were like life it was for them for some of them i think it was like a life-changing moment to be photographed nude right for some of the photographers i think they just never had had an opportunity or knew yeah. what to do in their pictures i what, what they were they saying uh, their, their pictures before that they tried were just kind of 
weird. Yeah. I think was maybe the word. Yeah. And now they felt like they had vision and they yeah. were they were constructing these pictures. So uh, I think it went well. And the pictures are good. I'll show you some of those. Um, I don't think we'll post them on the... I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> don't I'll know. post them in the, the show notes. I'll post some of the Burning Man pictures. It was visually like nothing I had seen, you know? And I will say the dust is... I thought it would be the worst thing about it. It's what was keeping me away. And ironically, as I think back on the week, uh, it was my favorite thing. Hmm. It, it covered everything instantly. And um, you know, my camera, I, so I have a Fuji X-T2. Uh, it's a relatively watertight kind of uh, model of mm-hmm. their cameras. I, I'm never taking the lens off. And I have a neutral density filter over the front, so it's sort of quasi protected as mm-hmm. much as a camera would be. And now I've put it in a like a plastic baggie, okay. which is designed for as a, like a rain sleeve. Okay, ten bucks at at you know right Sammy's, um, <clears throat> and you've got a like a cinch around the lens to kind of protect. So you you've got a hole on two ends of the bag, and on one end it's got like a a, a, a ropey thing that will pull around the yeah. lens. So the lens is sticking out and it's got the filter. So that side is, is sort of okay. The back side is the tricky part because you could seal it in the bag, but you, it's you hard to take anything. pictures and you can't. There's a hole where the <clears throat> eyepiece is. Oh, oh got it. So, okay. you've got, so that's the, the window through the system. But the bag for me is open. I've got a, a, a strap and it's just hanging out the bottom. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of half protected in a bag, but it's open. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. I think the more you're fighting <laughs> the dust, you're just going to be unhappy. It'll find its way in. It's more than it's finding. And, and so these, and I'm wearing a mask and goggles. Mm-hmm. It's like you're scuba diving in dirt. <laughs> That's what it felt like. That's a great description. It was, <laughs> and it's my favorite scuba diving story, yeah. right? You're just, you're safe. You're breathing. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Darth Vader walking around the playa. I've got my goggles on. I've got my camera and uh, periodically there'd be whiteouts, just dust storms to the point that you can't see feet in front of you. So you, you don't want to get hit by a vehicle or a bicycle or somebody. So you kind of stop or you're looking around. And you'll see in the pictures, you know, everything looks good in fog, right? Everything looks good yeah. with that. It, it creates uh, distance. Yeah. When things are super clear, If you again, if we were talking about scuba diving, when, when the world is super clear, there, you can't really tell how far that mountain is from this tree. Mm-hmm. But when you have fog or haze or, or anything atmospheric like atmospheric, whatever, things getting farther, get dimmer, change mm-hmm. color. That's a great situation photographically. I mean, if you're into that sort of thing, it looks great. If you're into like, you know, things looking cool and stuff. I mean, right. Well, not everyone are. wants everything, you know, you <laughs> and, um, but no, but I think it's without that, you don't know what to look at. And it's like, I think sometimes the reason a photograph or when you see things in real life, it has, you can almost have this focus on what you're looking at. But when you see a rendering, uh, I think I think the challenge is, is sometimes when you look at a photograph or you see something in real life, you have this ability to see the light shining on it and it, it, it seals that moment and everything else kind of fades into the distance. But when you see like a rendering, for example, like a 3D rendering where everything is equal, everything is like equally in focus and it just looks really artificial and it looks flat yeah. because you don't have that ability to say, oh, this is what it is. So huh. I don't know what I'm hearing you say is like just this idea of that added level of of texture and 
focus that the, that the dust gives or the mm-hmm. atmospheric perspective? It's yes. I mean, I, I talk a lot about, um, atmospheres like, you know, uh, Akira Kurosawa's films, like all of his shots were sort of atmospheric and it made his, his movies have a certain vibe. Right. And I, I always like that. Um, and fog is good and rain is good. So Burning Man is just everything like that. And yes, um, I think our, we keep thinking in photography, we want clarity. We want sharp focus. We want, um, you know, uh, the, the, the shutter speed to freeze motion. Um, but I think that the desire for that is overstated. You know, in fact, you know, this is interesting. I was at SF MoMA the other day mm-hmm. for an opening. Uh, there's five new shows and they had a special opening the other night. And going through there, one of the shows is, is about um, photographic errors. <laughs> really? Okay. The entire show is great photographs by the greatest f- classic photographers that break classical rules of photography oh you must have loved it oh my god it was so good (laughs) it's maybe my favorite thing i've seen at sf moma in a long time yeah and i recommend it to everybody yeah um and it's talking about you know there's a section like lens flares Mm -hmm. blur um you know bad composition right and and um the penchant in photographic education to like here are the rules right and even and they're, of course, not making fun of anyone today, but they have all these books from 1900, like how to make your photos better. Yeah. You know, how to not take crappy photos. Like that's right. a book. Yeah. And I like that they use crappy in 1900. The same thing as crappy now. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, but, <laughs> Means the same thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And then they'd have a, like a quote <laughs> on the wall from Cortez saying, you know, I, uh, I only think of myself as an amateur. Mm-hmm. You know, or quotes from Margaret Burke White or so, you know, different photographers you want to trust saying effectively the same thing, which is like the reason photography works is that there's no rules mm-hmm. and that you can do all kinds of this, these things. So I, I think about everybody with their camera trying to take better pictures and all of the software designed to make our photos better, which are bringing the lights up well and bring, making sure color balances are right and trying to make your stuff in focus and using um, um, computational methods to almost shoot a stack of video and then make a good picture out of it. Like, like those will raise the floor so that even when you're trying, I don't think of those as, I, honestly, I know I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably catch hell for this. Like, this isn't photography. Like, we have these devices they're like portable xerox machines right and the way people use the camera in their phone is as a documenting thing i'm parked there this is um this is a picture of my receipt and this is my friend standing in front of the eiffel tower like it's just documenting that's its entire purpose and if you're creating software and hardware for better documentation you want things to be sharp and clear and easily done like the tools will do all that. But if you're, if you're actually interested in photography, of communicating visually, of, of seeing, you know, taking the ephemeral and making it permanent, like all the things that might be what we think of creative photography is about, none of those software-y and rule-based kind of thinkings move you really closer to that. 
<clears throat> they're just document. They're just making this a better mimeograph machine. Well, I, I heard an interview with uh, Annie Leavitt's actually really recently, and she would said something. Let's see. I wrote it down because I wanted to actually talk about it. I thought it was really um, impactful. And she said, having a camera sort of in front of your face just gets you used to, the more you do it, the more you become accustomed to sort of seeing through this frame of the world because Mm -hmm. it's not normally how we take in information. Mm -hmm. And so everything that you do sort of prepares you for, for like all the time you take investing in like looking through the lens that prepares you for those moments when you don't have the time to frame the shot because you're just you're kind of like training your instinct Mm -hmm. but she said your picture depends on what's in it it doesn't depend on the technology and it can take years to learn how to see Hmm. and I thought that was just really nice because it was this idea of it doesn't come into it's not like intuitive you're not like I'm a great photographer because I just do it it's Mm -hmm. like I really have to start seeing through this and I think whether Yes, I think a lot of people do use your phone to document. I do, where I park, what mm-hmm. my receipt is. Me and too. All those it's things. a great thing. But I think what's also exciting is it is this thing that you have in your pocket all the time that can help you learn to see. And I think that's one of the things that I've actually learned from a lot of our conversations is just doing it and the practice of like getting out there and like, oh, looking at it, looking at it again. And it doesn't mean it's great, mm-hmm. but trying to learn to see is like the first step. Wow. God, it's almost, uh, maybe we should end on sort of a thought like that because it's a good thought. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's what, and I think we come back to that quotation from Alma Lavinson all the time mm-hmm. that a camera is a device that teaches us to see without a camera. Exactly. Exactly. Right? It's kind of all part of the same. Yeah. Um, we, I, I think if you look through the, maybe it's my own filter, but when I look through the quotations by all of these great photographers, they almost always feel like they're saying the same thing, which is that, you know, it's not just documenting. It all comes from you. It's, um, there are no rules. Mm -hmm. It takes some work, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I really, I deeply believe that we all have these cameras now, but it does not make us photographers. It just gives us the opportunity to, become photographers Mm -hmm. and uh and it's a fun hobby like there's there's no yes there are photographers who are professionals or who want to make money doing this or figure out how to become famous doing it and all of that is is great but by and large billions of cameras are out there in our hands and to be a hobbyist in photography to just enjoy trying to capture this moment that, and making th- these random things last mm-hmm. and be worth worth making that moment last. It's not just that I froze a picture of that car. Why did I take that? And why would I keep that? And why would I show that to anyone? Like, that's the question. What, and I don't think there are answers, but the exploration of seeing... We have a show coming up with uh, a photographer I love, Jason Langer. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he... I'm hopeful that he'll talk a little bit about sort of the ephemeral nature of all of life, right? It's just, it's all a sand painting. It's all Black Rock City in the desert. It's built up and then it goes away. And photography is this sort of moment to save some of it. You know, just hang on to what we experienced, what we saw, what we were around. It all goes away. Mm 
-hmm. And even pictures in the long run may go away, but we're hanging on to some of these little tiny pieces of time longer than others. And by putting ourselves in the pictures, it means that we existed. And by capturing that thing, it means it existed. And then everything else goes away. Well, and I think by having them, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but I think by having them out, like out where you can see them and printed or on your wall or beyond just living in your device that you swipe past, it's like those memories become cemented. They become, you kind of strengthen those neural pathways to those mm. memories. And so you get to see them more often. You think about those people more often. You think about that time and it almost takes on like a different life than even with that moment you knew it was important but then that it's something that you'll have forever yeah and maybe it's like stepping on the on the the pedal on the piano that yeah. makes something last longer and oh, it yeah. changes its nature it's like you it's not just i'm just gonna step on it randomly as i go it's right. like there's reasons that you emphasize that you keep the, i don't know i'm not I a musician love that metaphor That's it. you know, i never really I thought about really it thought but maybe before but yeah like that the moment to like draw it out to kind of blur them together but it almost like it, it keeps it it keeps the resonance yeah it is a resonance of time it's a time resonance instead of a sound yeah. resonance it's a it's a light resonance it's a i'll work on this i think there's something there. i think there's something there yeah. we'll, come, we'll come back to it should we, should we wrap it up yeah let's wrap it up well welcome back Thank from you. summer it's great to be back in school or whatever you're you have a flight today you like heading I do. out i do have a flight this afternoon but um you know no you, rest for the weary unbelievable well we'll, we'll um talk to Jason later and um, thanks for coming by this early Sunday morning. What a lovely way to start a Sunday. Let's do it. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neilmodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes and you know, don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you guys telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, send them a link. Thanks to Mitchell Foreman for our theme music and all of you for hanging out with us on a Sunday morning. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about. Until next time.